Hello, and welcome to On a Mission Podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at Remax Results, a Good Life Group, and Kelly Tanky, loan originator, NMLS 1599804 at Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1041. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy. And now let's get to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of On a Mission Podcast. I'm Dina Frank. I'm Kelly Tinky Kirk. (laughs) And oh my gosh, it's so good to be back. I feel like it's been forever. And currently that's like, well, actually it's a hundred percent my fault. I mean, there's no fault fault to be had here. Yeah. There's no fault to be had. (laughs) It was my, my schedule. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Your travel schedule at that. Yeah, let's do a quick catch up. To, uh, share yeah. with us and the listeners where you've been, what you've been up to. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? So, and I knew it was going to be kind of a little bit of an interesting couple of weeks, and it truly was. Um, so I started mid-February. I went to Belize for five days. No five nights, six days. Mm-hmm. I was at a yoga retreat, um, on a private Island that it's a resort that only has room for 30 people. So there's like 15 rooms and then they're all double occupancy basically. So, yeah. um, so a very small Island, very small resort, but let me tell you, it was beautiful. The people were so nice. Um, it was such a great time. And so, I kicked off my travel with that. And then on our way back, we had some issues with all the, you know, the snowstorms that Minnesota has just really loved having this year. So we actually only ended up being delayed a day, which was not that bad. Um, So we got back and then three days later left for Las Vegas to go to the Remax um, global conference called R4. So I was there for, I was there for, I ended up being there for 60 hours. Um, I had changed my travel plans a little bit and I would say 60 hours in Vegas is like perfect. Okay. (laughs) But it was back to back (laughs) and it was a lot. And I'm sure as we'll kind of get into, you know, during that time, the market has really taken (laughs) off again. Um, Which, you know, looking back, I was kind of thinking about it today. It's like, I think we knew this was coming. It was just kind of like, maybe it won't happen. So we can, mm-hmm. we can get into that, but Kelly, what is up with you? What have you been up to? <laughs> just living the dream over here in my, um, pregnancy days. So they are limited now mm-hmm. I am in, I'm officially in my third trimester. And with that being said, 11 days until baby's due date. Still kicking. Digits yet? Yeah. Okay, 11 still, well, still, still kicking. However, 
um, there, there is some limitations that are starting to kick in too. So like I am wearing, um, compression socks right now and, and that, that is just due in part to like, obviously the weight gain, but learning (laughs) that I have to get them on pretty early in the day. Yeah. Um, otherwise, and I'm walking a mile and a half each day just to help alleviate that too, but that is so good. Yeah. So we, we go over to the gallery and it, it's literally exactly three laps around there and then we're out and it takes 30 minutes. So, (laughs) um, yeah. And then, you know, otherwise it's just gearing up for maternity leave, which is going to be coming up here very soon. And, um, and then really planning and prepping for how to like reintroduce myself after (laughs) baby's arrival um, with her going to daycare and then getting back into the swing of things. So I'm excited for just some, some like down low, chill out, but masterfully using this time to prepare for coming back into the market. Yeah. Awesome. No, I think that's, I know you'll be amazing. You'll be an amazing mom and you will have an amazing time, not off, but obviously transitioning into this new phase of life. Um, do you know how long you're taking off yet or not yet? Yeah. So I will, like, I will have officially like six weeks. Right? Okay. So it's yeah. like, that is just kind of the standard for, um, uh, for benefits, if you will. Yep. Yep. And then ha- at least half of that time, I'm going to have full coverage by my branch nice. manager. Um, it might actually l- extend a little bit. It's all really based off of like, what does, um, what does her business look like? And also balancing my business, which, you know, as mortgage lenders, that's not an easy feat to do, but if there's anybody who can do it, (laughs) trust Betsy. Yeah. So yeah, Uh I actually had a conversation with a new client um, earlier today and gave them the heads up of what is coming in the coming weeks and that I was going to be introducing them to my branch manager, um, just given their timeline. But I also, I also stated, and I, you know, I joked around, I was like, Hey, if you listen, if you enjoyed the conversation that we're having and you like me, you're certain to like her too. So I have no concerns about that whatsoever. So Yeah. And the communication has been sent out to those individuals who are currently in the pipeline, the agents that are working alongside with them as well. And so we're, we're now we're just waiting (laughs) Waiting for baby girl. I'm waiting. I just like, I think it's so cool because, you know, I don't know that we've really talked about this before, but you know, in the home buying process, right? Like most people interact with the agent the most, right? Because we're out showing the homes. And so we just have a lot more FaceTime with clients. Yeah. But I just think it speaks volumes about the clients that you have and the business that you run that like you're prepping them for that. Because I feel like a lot of lenders 
it just wouldn't, number one, it probably just wouldn't even matter. Right. It'd be like, oh, it's just like somebody else. Or you just don't even have that relationship with the lender to be like, this is why it's important. Like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of lenders just like put an out of office on and it's like, you know, their clients don't even know. So I just think that's such a testament to your business and who you are as a lender. And I just think that's really cool. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I would not feel comfortable doing that. I just feel like you, you lose, you lose a bit of credibility in my humble opinion. Like that's just how I feel about me. And I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I certainly feel like I would lose credibility with the individuals around me, um, that I'm looking to continue to earn their business. But then same thing with clients, you know, like my goal is to have them for, you know, as customers for life, as I use my air quotes, um, (laughs) you know, and, and have the opportunity to work with family and friends of theirs too. So, you know, at least giving them a several weeks notice, like, Hey, still here, still working. But when baby comes, I'm, I am shutting down. I won't be here. Now I'm a mom and now mama's got to recover. So yeah, exactly. No, I just think that's awesome. Cool. Cool. But we have a lot of ground to cover. I I'll be really honest with you and, and hopefully we're on the same page here. I only pulled for January because honest to goodness, numbers haven't come out for February yet. So, um, um I do have some for February, but I have no problem. Um, and actually looking at a lot of the data, it hasn't changed like dramatically, um, sure. from January to February. So I don't think it will be that actually, I wonder if this is still just January's data. It's showing February, but everything's the same. So okay. I'm February is not updated. Um, cause looks, I don't even know what the date is here. Oh yeah. It probably isn't updated for February yet. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, should we dive into the market update and the data? Uh, let's do it. Perfect. All right. Um, So I'm going to kick it off like I usually do with the median sales price in the Twin Cities region Um, in January was $365,000, which is an increase of 7.4% year over year. And for the average, it's $426,943 year over year. Um, Obviously, the big story that we've kind of been touching on is the end of the year was kind of the lull in the market. And so how does that compare? Um, And to be honest with you, like, it's just a slow kind of steady trickle. Um, Month supply is now up from, so in December, it was 1.5. We're up to 1.6 days on market. In December, it was 14. It's still 14 as far as the median. Um, And then the average has gone up from 31 to 32. Um, and then let's see here, looking at new listings, we are down 11%. Um, we're at 66,597 and kind of the overarching theme is even though it feels like sellers have missed the opportunity and buyers can really take advantage of the market because maybe interest rates aren't as low at the end of the day, we still have an inventory problem. 
And we've talked about this, I think, for the past two years in our market updates is how inventory is still the bottleneck of the supply and demand and where the market is going. Mm-hmm. And this is why in the past two weeks, which it's so funny because as Minnesota real estate agents, we always say the unofficial kickoff to spring market is right after the Super Bowl. And what happened right after the Super Bowl, all of a sudden, everybody's in multiple offers. You cannot get a contract. Like it has yep. gone off of the charts. And a lot of people are thinking, right? Like, what about interest rates? Like, doesn't that affect, you know, the overall payment? And it's like, uh, it does. But at yep. the end of the day, real estate is still a good investment. And they're seeing the opportunity of not buying because what we're like, we go back to, you know, the height of like last spring and last summer and even kind of into the fall. And I know you and I both had a lot of conversations with people about, oh, you know, I just don't know if I'm ready. I'll wait until things kind of settle down and prices decline. And there were even a lot of experts and even on our team, like we were planning to be down this year just based on the numbers. And it wasn't because of sales price. It was because of inventory. There's just not inventory to buy up. Builders have been super conservative because they, they were scared from 2008, right? Even though we all knew it wasn't going to happen again, but from their perspective, I mean, they're putting up billions of dollars, right? So like they do have to be a little bit more conservative, but what's happening is new construction isn't being built. People who currently have homes that refinanced or have a sub 4% interest rate are, they're the ones that are having the toughest times just wrapping their head around the interest rate, right? Like first time home buyers, the rate is the rate. Like there's not a lot to consider besides comparing it against your, your rent. Right. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if they're similar, it probably makes sense to buy because you can always refinance if needed. The people that are having the the most challenging time are the people that have a 3% or a 2.75% interest rate. And they're in a, let's say a $450,000 house and they're looking to purchase, you know, maybe a $700,000 house. And they're going like, how is my, how is my payment more than double when, when it's not there? And it's like, that's how interest rates are affecting. And so what's happening is those people are also deciding I don't want to sell because I don't like the way where the payment is happening, which is also suppressing inventory. So at some point, something is going to have to give. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of new construction. I do a lot of new construction. I think it's a great option for people, um, especially with so many people in the market that have the equity in their property to pour into new construction. Um, I think that's a really great option. A lot of builders are doing really great incentives because they know they say, yeah, yeah, they're, I mean, their volume is down too, because they've been conservative. There was, you know, they basically stopped building when, when lumber prices went through the roof. So even though, and I mean, they were building, but they were only building on properties that were under contract. They got really, they really pulled back on their spec homes and homes that were available, like pre-built. Or they went to, you can only buy a spec home pre-built on a certain day. 
it was an auction and it was insanity. So I guess the biggest story that we are now seeing come to fruition that we knew was going to happen, but it's just kind of funny how it all kind of trickles out, right? Is we still have inventory problems. We still have buyers who are looking to purchase. Um, and so the demand is back. Um, one thing I did want to touch on real quick from a numbers perspective is we hear a lot about foreclosures, right? Because what happened in the last height of the market in 2008, 2009 is people could no longer afford their homes and they went into foreclosure. So I just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. Um, so as far as closed sales market share, and these are the past three years, this is what the Minneapolis Area Association of Realtors polls. So it's only it only goes three years back. So we're looking at January of 2021, traditional sales were 98.5% of the market. So lender owned, which are foreclosures, was 1.2% of the market and short sales were 0.3% of the market. And how that translates into actual numbers is, let me pull it up here, is in January of 2021, the total traditional closed sales was 3,324. Lender owned or foreclosures was 39 properties and short sales was 11 properties. So when you look at it like that, it's like the opportunity just isn't there. And what's interesting is foreclosure and short sales actually went down at the same rate as traditional sales. So they're not outpacing traditional sales. They're not overcoming. They're not overcoming, which at the end of the day speaks volumes of the equity that people have built into their homes. You know, people that built that bought in 2018, 2019, maybe they were able to refinance or, you know, they've just been sitting on their home. Their homes are up, you know, 20, 25, 30% of the value they bought it at. It's wild. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's really interesting to, to kind of, you can really see, I think this year more than, because like the past two, three years have really been driven by COVID and the demand for, Mm -hmm. you know, changing lifestyles and everything that came out of that. And the interest rates were crazy low. So like, that was always Mm -hmm. kind of the story. Right. But now this year it's like, we're sitting at decently high interest rates from what we've been experiencing and the demand is still there. So you can really see the bottleneck right now. Like it's a lot more evident that we still have an inventory problem. So I guess the overarching thing that my rallying cry is if you are considering selling, there's still plenty of opportunity there. Reach Mm -hmm. out to, you know, your trusted real estate agent or myself and just figure, like, put a plan together and figure out, you know, what your next home looks like and, you know, what that payment may look like. But also, like, if you need to change your home, you know, it's like, are you just going to sit there because you have a 3% interest rate and suffer because the home doesn't work for you anymore when you know there's somebody out there that that needs your home? Or are you going to take advantage of the equity you have built and put that into your next home? Right? Like, I think that's... And I think there, you know, just to piggyback off of that, yeah, there are opportunities just with loan programs such as the two one buy down, 
I will Absolutely. just drop a, a quick note about that where, <clears throat> I mean, there has to be kind of the right variables in place to be able to utilize the two one buy down because we are in a, a condition in the market where the demand is so high that unless a property has been sitting for, you know, a time or two, you know, for more days than they sh probably should be with limited showings, but that seller is highly motivated. The two one buy down is really a great opportunity for a buyer to come in, have an interest, start their interest rate 2% lower than where market is right now. Now, here's the big thing is we're still approving you at that higher interest rate. And this is to avoid issues down the road, right? But you as the buyer go in and, you know, essentially ask for the seller to, uh, you know, pay down that interest rate for you. So it's, and you can like, you can couple it, right? Like you can, as a buyer, put a portion of money towards buying down the interest rate plus the seller. And it's all about the negotiation that you guys decide and where the seller is at. Yeah. That certainly is an opportunity if you're going, oh, okay, I'm seeing 7% interest rates. I don't want that. 5% sure looks a lot better though. Right, right. <laughs> to start off. And, and here's the deal. We do understand rates will come down. They're yeah. going to, because inflation is going to start to come down. That is the biggest battle that feds are fighting right now. And we'll get into that here in just a moment. But as inflation numbers come down, rates will do the same thing. It's yeah. just the name of the game. This is what I keep telling my clients. I just posted a video about it. Inflation is the thing to watch. So yeah. and as I those, yeah. As it comes down, then you have an opportunity to refinance from that 2-1 buy-down program and still capitalize on that money yep. that you were given by the sellers and apply it towards the principal of your new loan. Yeah. It's a win-win. It truly is a win-win. Yeah. So I, that is truly that, that the biggest opportunity in this given market right now. Yeah. And I think with knowing that inventory is going to continue to struggle, like we're just not magically going to come up with millions of homes. Right. Right? Like, so I think it's one of those things where we've talked about this before too, where if you are, if you want to get into a home, like you can only refinance if you're in a home, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so it's not, the market isn't going to change in, you know, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, maybe by the end of the Q3, Q4, but I think what Q1 has shown us is that we are in this for a while mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people thought that interest rates would deter people. But I think what people are seeing is it doesn't matter what the interest rates are. Home prices are not going down. And so you might as well get into a home and then, you know, that you qualify for and feel comfortable with the payment on, and then you can always refinance down the line. So- yeah. Your cost of waiting is going to, it's not going to look great in the long term. Trying yeah. to time the market is always like the one of the battles. I mean, I remember even during COVID when rates were sitting at their lowest, people were like, meh, I think rates are going to come down more. 
and then I'll refinance. <laughs> you free money. What? <laughs> like, okay. Uh, you again, trying to time the market and, and do it in your best interest versus just going, nope, now's the time. Cause I have no idea what could actually happen. And as we have talked about more times than not on this market update is it's not just what's happening right here domestically. It's also what's happening globally. And we, we've found out pretty quickly that turn of events happen in a blink of an eye. Ukraine, for instance, come on. (laughs) Nobody anticipated that happening, but it did. And that had an impact that had an impact on what it was happening here in the States. So trying to time the market is never going to be in your favor unless for whatever reason, you are just so lucky that you did time it. But if you're the, pardon me for saying this, if you're the average consumer, you have no idea, <laughs> yep. which is why we do these market updates for you to, to give you the, the fresh news and daily updates. So exactly. All right. Uh, are we ready for the ready. financing component of it? Sure. Okay. So I'm going to kind of bounce around here a little bit. Um, so I want to start off last market update I had talked about circling May 10th. Um, And here's why, because we were just talking about how inflation really is the key component here. That is literally all that Fed Chair Jerome Powell is talking about is like he has, he is sparing no expense. Like he just came out today and was speaking on behalf of the feds and going, Sparing no expense. We're going to keep plugging away until (laughs) inflation numbers come down. And it's going to have a pretty detrimental impact on how on just like individuals and families, but they got to do it. And so what we are really looking at is not necessarily the month after month, right? It's the year over year. And so from our last report that is that came out, we saw really good numbers, right? So this was for, we were talking about the month of December, everything looked good. Interest rates followed suit. So, you know, first part of January and, and kind of flowing into the last part of January, rates were looking pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Like they were had come yeah. down. Yeah. Mortgage applications were doing a lot better. We could all feel that. But (laughs) then the January CPI number came out or sorry. Yeah. The CPI number came out recently and it didn't go down as much as expected. It still went down, but it didn't go down as much as expected. (laughs) And the the world like went into a tizzy. Yeah. An absolute tizzy. So we're talking January CPI numbers that came out on February 14th. Now we're looking at February CPI, which will be released here in seven days, March 14th. March numbers will be posted for April 12th and should be replacing. So we're, as we start to see this progress, once we hit May, sorry, April numbers that'll come out May 10th, we should see inflation come down and have enough of an impact yes. 
to see the market rally, the bond market rally and go, cool. We like this wall street investors really liking it. And so you're going to hopefully, hopefully see this as a really good time for a turn in the market. There's no guarantee, right? Is that just like a threshold of like consistent month over month? Like it's creating that trend. So it's enough of a trend to be more secure. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we've been seeing progress, right? Yeah. But hoping to see more meaningful progress and hopefully we should see like, let's just see what comes out here in, in seven days. The other thing too, and this was a part of the video that I had posted earlier this morning is um, the jobs report that's going to be coming out here in three days on March 10th. And it's unfortunate, but we in the feds want to see this too. They want to see more people lose jobs. Yep. And so if we see that jobs report come out the way that we think it might, And then that coupling that with, you know, progress with like seeing numbers, the inflation numbers drop for CPI. As you start to see this progress month over month, you're going to start to see rates follow too, which is beautiful. I I know the answer to this question, but I would love to hear like, you know, explaining it to our listeners, like, why do they want people to be unemployed? Like, why is that good for the economy or for inflation? Traditionally, what, and this is like, I'm actually pulling just some general information from um, Logan Madashami. Yeah. As, as you see, as you see on it, and this has just been the trend. So if you look back years and years and years and years from like what a recession has looked like, right? As we've seen unemployment numbers, Sorry, if as we've seen unemployment numbers start to tick up, that is when you start to see a turn in the economy and inflation usually suits that too, right? So if you couple these like lower inflation numbers, lower employment or sorry, higher employment numbers, I should say, we want to start to see that uptick up for jobs reports. I know this sounds a little like it's, counterintuitive. It is counterintuitive. You want the unemployment rate to start to come back up because we're we're seeing it at its like all-time, all-time lowest. Yeah. But we want to start to see that come back up coupling with inflation coming down and then you'll start to see rates come down too. So this is why we talk about the reports, right? <laughs> like all of these reports that are coming out on a monthly basis are so vitally important to how the economy operates, how the stocks operate, how the bonds operate. And we as the mortgage lenders are following the bond market pretty closely because that has an impact on the interest rates. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, no problem. So I what I do want to share is like where we are starting, where we're seeing rates as of current. So let me just pull that up real quick. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> we are seeing rates just on a 30-year, just above 7%. But for, for the purpose of this market update, what I want to do is just go back real quick and show you 
actually talk about like where rates were sitting at, at, at their lowest. And when it was, it was probably about January 18th. And we were looking at just a little over 6% for that 30 year. So now we've gone up about a percent because those CPI numbers came out lower. It wasn't enough for the feds to go, okay, it's, it's meaningful enough. We can see the progress. They wanted to see more and people are still spending. Yes. (laughs) So they are, I, when we, when I went to Las Vegas, I parked at the airport because Mm -hmm. it was a work trip. And let me tell you that the parking lot at the airport was packed. I had to park on the roof. I didn't even know that like there was that many levels because every other floor was full. And that is like $40 a day. Yikes. So yeah, I mean, people it's... are not slowing down spending. So I, I hate to go off on a tangent here, but I, for the, the purpose of this, I do want to say there's a caveat to that. There really is. So we know that like income has gone up, right? So that's great. But we also are seeing revolving credit balances go up too. Yeah. So that tells me that people are putting more on their credit. When people start to do that, you start to see more people tapping into the equity of their homes too. And when the equity of their homes is tapped out, then there's going to be more opportunity to sell. Yeah. So that's just my little spiel there. Okay. Okay. So um, mortgage application data. So the um, MBA, so Mortgage Bankers Association, builder application survey data for January 2023 shows mortgage applications for new home purchases decreased by 3.5% compared to a year ago. 2022. Um, Compared to December of 2022, applications increased by 42% because we saw interest rates come down nearly a percent. So, uh, but it should be noted, this change does does not include any adjustments for typical seasonal patterns. Okay. Okay. Um, Consumer price index, which we know measures inflation at the consumer level came in at 0.5% um, percent for the month of January. I forget what they had anticipated. I think it was like okay. 0.6 or 0.7. Okay. And um, they it didn't come in <laughs> like that. So, um, but year over year from last year to this year, it has gone down. So we're, 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 we're steady as we go. Um, Jobless claims. So this is just another fancy term for unemployment for um, the state of Minnesota. I regret to inform you guys that the state employment and unemployment data for January will be scheduled to release March 13th (laughs) (laughs) at 10 a.m. Eastern time. It says I was like, I'm just going to copy paste that and put that into my notes. That's wonderful. (laughs) It's so interesting, though, because as we've joked around in the past, we have the nationwide jobless claims numbers that rolled in, which means that we have to makes have no the sense. state. It makes no sense. Let's just but withhold for the, them for a certain amount of time. Like there must be something that they just withhold them. 
Yeah. So um, for the for the month of January, we came in at 3.4%, which is down slightly from last um, from the month previous in December at 3.5. Unemployment numbers last year at this at the same time in January, were sitting at 4%. And so Again, as we start to see that number go back up is when you're going to start to see, like, that's a part of the indications of um, a recession, too. Has the Fed indicated, like, where they would like to see unemployment? Like, is there a a goal? That's a good question. No. I know for inflation, for CPI, they want to see it come down to 2%. Okay. And we've got a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... Like we've got a really long way to go, Um, which is, which is why, you know, Jerome Powell is going, sorry, households, but you got to stop spending. Like, I'm going to make this really challenging for you. Um, Housing market index. So the housing market, so NAB slash Wells Fargo housing marketing index is based on a monthly survey of NAB members designed to take the pulse of the single family housing market. Survey asks respondents to rate market conditions for the sale of new homes at the present time and in the next six months, as well as the traffic of prospective buyers of new homes. So um, I had already stated this last for our last market update, but as of January 18th, the um, actual came in at 35. The forecast was 31. And for the previous month in December, it was at 31. Um, <clears throat> February preliminary forecast, 42. So as a reminder, HMI can range between zero and 100. A reading above 50 indicates a favorable outlook on home sales. Below indicates a negative outlook. So we're starting to see that number climb too, which is positive for the market. Um, Okay. I have just a few other things and then we can wrap up. So these are some of the fun things. Forbearance numbers as of January 31st, 2023, um, according to Mortgage Bankers Association, um, revealed that the total number of loans now in forbearance decreased by six basis points from 0.7% of servicers' portfolio volume in the prior month to 0.64% as of January 31st. So <clears throat> though forbearance and foreclosure and short sales, different, right? But if somebody is filing for forbearance, there may be, I, I don't know what the percentage is that end up maybe going to foreclosure or short sale it might be something sure. interesting to dig into. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, so, and just to put that into perspective, number wise, according to MBA estimates, this is 320,000 homeowners are on forbearance plans. In the United States. In the United States. Yeah. Okay. A few of these things I think I shared with you already in a in a text message. I, I know you were in Vegas, oh, yes. so yes. I did <laughs> but I did share that with the team. Yes. Wonderful. Conventional LLPAs. This is loan level price adjustments. This is going to go into effect for all mortgage lenders May 1st, but will take an impact on closings after April 15th. Got it. Okay. Here's 
where it's going to impact the most. If your debt to income ratio is 40% or more, your rate will be impacted, not in a positive way. If your credit score is between 720 to 760 and you have anywhere between 5 to 20% down payment, your interest rate will be impacted. Mm-hmm. Get this. <laughs> credit scores between 660 and 690 and anywhere between 5 and 20% down payment, your interest rate will improve. First-time home buyers making 117,800 or less, none of these changes will impact them. And so these are individuals who would qualify for Fannie and Freddie's Home Ready and Home Possible. They will not be impacted by it. Okay. So what is the I don't, logic between like why somebody with a lower credit score would they be incentivized? Like, should I just let my credit Shit the bed. It is. It does not make any logical sense in my head. I think there's a lot of politics behind this, in my humble opinion. I don't know why they sat down and thought that this was a great idea because you are, in my humble opinion, incentivizing individuals who maybe haven't done the best job with managing managing their money, managing their finances. And the individuals who have done a great job of managing their money, managing their finances and going, hey, all I keep hearing is that the more down payment I put down, the better it is for me and my interest rate. And they were right up until just recent. So um, this is really something to be aware of in having a conversation with a new client today who is building a portfolio for themselves houses. He was like, you know, I know I should probably put more down. And I was like, actually, and I talked to him about the conventional LLPAs that are going to be kicking in. I go, we're going to be strategic about this. Yeah. Be very, very strategic about it. So going to be interesting how this plays forward and plays out. <clears throat> Couple other really positive things that are happening though. The VA, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. VA funding guarantee fee for VA loans will decrease by 0.15%. So if you're a veteran, non-exempt veteran, or active duty service member, this is for you. This will go into effect as of April 7th of this year. So this is ultimately going to help in decreasing the amount for you as a vet that it takes to get into a home. VA loans are incredible for those who have served our country. Mm-hmm. It is a humongous benefit for them. It's a humongous benefit for like home ownership too. And so this is a really positive thing. And I, I feel happy <laughs> about this. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the last thing I want to share is that FHA announced that they will be reducing their mortgage insurance on their loans This already went into effect as of February 28th. And so that mortgage insurance premium actually decreased like quite like almost 0.5%, which is really, really impactful. It went from like 0.65 to like 0.25 or something like that. 
It was a pretty uh, big... 0.55 is where 0.55 um, if your down payment is less than 5%. Okay. Like if you're between 3.5 to 5% and then, or 10%, sorry. And then anything above that, it's 0.5. Perfect. Okay. So I'm sorry, 5%, 5% down payment. <laughs> And this is on FHA loans. So that's all I got. Awesome. Well, I think, I mean, there's some good news. There's some not so good news, but overall. Really wild news. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, though, I think the real estate market is just going to continue to do what it's been doing, honestly. Yeah. And like we said before, for all of our listeners, trying to time the market is very challenging. And so if you think that waiting on the sidelines for interest rates to come down or for um, the prices of homes to come down, you're going to be waiting for a while. And trying to couple that at the same time is near impossible because appreciation is going to continue to happen as demand. This is like pure economics here, like (laughs) supply versus demand. So our 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 rally cry of course is like we need more inventory but the battle cry also is like if it fits in your budget do it totally <clears throat> so yep all right i, I, I guess i talked too much because now my voice is going throat. all <laughs> right we will wrap it up for today then yeah well thanks everyone for tuning in to our january market update coming out just a little late but that's okay Better late than never. We miss you guys and we're excited for the next time to chat with you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to On a Mission, where our goal is to educate and inspire. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission. Bye. Bye.